Today is going to be a great day. We continue with this series, What If the Church Becomes As It Should Be. It's a study of the book in Acts and in Acts chapter 16. That's what we're going to study from the book of Acts. As you follow along, uh, let the Word of God uh, speak to you. We're going to concentrate on Lydia and the ministry of hospitality, and I will also add uh, generosity and Lydia. I want to read the scripture for you from Acts chapter 16. I'm going to read 14, 15, and 40. This is the word of God. Now a certain woman named Lydia heard us, and she was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira, who worshipped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And when you come to verse 40, it says, So they went out of the prison and entered, entered the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they encouraged them and departed. As I was preparing for this sermon, the Spirit of the Lord was communing with me and telling me, this is what I want you to do this morning. I want you to feed the people. And he was also saying that many of you are lethargic or tired uh, or just don't know what's going on with your life and you don't have the same energy that you used to have. And let them know it's because your soul has not been fed. Your soul has not... You have been taking water. You've been taking all the energy, drink. You've been eating good food. But you still feel like something's missing. It's because your soul has not been fed. And this morning, sit back, relax. Let all the tenseness from the shoulder and neck just go away. And feed on the Word of God slowly. Right? Don't just stand like you eat in the kitchen so quickly and the good food, you just swallow it down without chewing. Just sit, relax, chew on the Word of God and let your soul be fed. You ready for that? Because your soul is hungry and your soul is saying, give me my food, give me my food. And God has prepared this tender, gentle loving word of God for all of us. And I can't wait. I can't wait. So, um, what are we going to expect this morning? Right? What's going to, this is the sermon that you're going to expect. You're going to expect Lydia's hospitality created the right spiritual condition for the gospel. You will hear that. The second one is Lydia's generosity was instrumental in bringing salvation to the people in Philippi. You will hear that. And the third one, Lydia's house became the house church in Philippi. Okay? You will hear that. Uh, What is the application? The application is that the church needs Lydia if she means the church has to become as it should be. So may the Spirit of God speak to you today how you can be Lydia. Or in what way God is calling you to be a Lydia wherever, wherever, you, wherever you are. So, 
Let's go back to this a certain woman named Lydia. Now, uh, we don't know whether Lydia was divorced or, uh, or whether she was a widow. We don't know that. But one thing we know is that she is a single mother. Lydia is a single mother, a single woman. This morning, I'm going to lift up the women, and especially the widow, single mother, single ladies that are here. Not the single ladies of Beyonce, okay? <laughs> it's like, don't start doing, oh, single ladies, you know? <laughs> but I'm going to talk about the single ladies, the widow, the single mother that are here this morning, because God has used women to spread the church of God far and wide. Far and wide. So if you're a single mother, if you're a widow, if you're a woman, this is for you. This is for you. And men and single men, you apply your life, even though I say woman, it can speak to you too. Right? So she's a single mother. And uh, the Word of God says, when Paul came with Silas, probably Luke and young Timothy, this bunch of guys, strangers, came into Philippi, and there is this single woman, single mother, who is going to invite a bunch of strangers into her house. See? She doesn't know them. She's going to say, You guys, come and stay in my house. Men, single, single woman, they're going to come and stay in the house. This takes a lot of courage on Lydia to do that. Do you notice that? It takes a lot of courage. Just imagine putting yourself in that situation. Many of you have a house right now. You're living by yourself. Uh, women, would you invite four or five strangers that you have never met of to come in your house? Maybe not. Because uh, I'm going to do a background check first. <laughs> right? Where do they come from? Who are these guys? It is the hospitality in the heart of Lydia that drove her to invite this man to come into her house and that will change the spiritual landscape in Philippi. What is the backdrop of this? The backdrop of this was that when Paul wanted to go to Bithynia and to Asia, the Spirit of the Lord came and said, No, I forbid you to go there. And he saw, he saw a vision, a Macedonian person calling him, Paul, please come and help us. See, that is the vision. That's the backdrop. So Paul is obeying the vision without knowing anybody and going to Philippi. Are you ready for this? When hospitality and obedience unite, it creates the right condition for the gospel to be received. Did you hear that? Yes. I hear that. I clap for you. I clap for you. Yes. Let me say this again. 
When hospitality and obedience unite, it creates the right spiritual condition for the gospel. This is what we talk about, the right soil that the Lord Jesus Christ talked about in the parable of the sowing of the seed. You take hospitality and you take obedience and put it together. It is the tender soil, the good soil that you create in the people around you and the gospel is received. You, sometimes people look for formulas all the time. What is the special recipe? What is the special formula that we can grow the church? There is no formula. The vision that God gives, if it is supported by hospitality and obedience, the church will grow. And who did we learn this from? Lydia. Who did we learn this from? From a widow here in this church from a single mother in this church, from a single woman in this church. You do not have to be a Paul. You do not have to be a Peter. You can be a Lydia with a hospitable heart, and it can change the world. When we were coming from Fort Wayne, Indiana, here to Santa Clara, we drove it's 2,000 plus miles. And you know that Pastor and Margaret doesn't plan their trip like book hotels. and We just drove. Right? We obeyed God to come to Santa Clara. So when we started from Fort Wayne, we met a hospitality in Branson, Missouri. And Branson, Missouri is like the Disney of Midwest. Okay, so, right? And someone gave us their card, you know, and we stayed in a presidential suite in Princeton, Missouri. That suite is bigger than our house. You know, the bathroom is the size of one of our rooms. And just king size bed, two queen size bed, huge kitchen living room and we stayed there in Branson, Missouri hospitality then from Branson, Missouri we drove and then we went to Tulsa Oklahoma and then there was a guy waiting for us and he took us to a giant Chinese buffet and fed us and before we left he said please take this to use for your guests hospitality again and then we drove from Tulsa, and we drove, drove, and we went, and we reached Texas. And there was a person in Armadillo, Texas. And they opened their house, and they fed us, and we stayed there. And we drove, we got on. And then in New Mexico, there was a family that hosted us. We stayed in that house, and we ate there. And so we drove from New Mexico, and then we reached Bakersfield. And there was a family in Bakersfield. These are immigrants from Burma that I have never met, but there are thousands, maybe thousands of them working in the orange uh, farm chart. And this family has opened their house and say, come and eat. And when we went there, it was a feast. 
The tables were full of food. And we started eating, and in 30 minutes, about 30 people had come and sat on the floor, waiting for us to finish the food and say, tell us the word of God. And my wife and we preached the word of God. And before we go, they give us a envelope and say, this is our gift, use this along the way. And then we drove from Bakersfield. And we drove right into the house of our worship pastor and our IT and campus director. And we experienced the hospitality for 44 days in her house. Right? You do not have to be a Paul. You do not have to be a Peter. You can just be a Lydia and let the hospitality that God has given you create the right soil and condition in this city so somebody like Paul, somebody like Peter, somebody like Timothy or your pastor needs your hospitality to change this city. We good on that? Yes? How's your soul feeling? Uh, is it coming alive now? Yes, I feel like you have eaten some part, right? So it's a three-course meal. You got first course already. Let's go on to the second one. You're okay? Yes? It's not too spicy? <laughs> okay. All right? Yeah, very sweet. Yeah. That was the word we used in the morning, that God has prepared a sweet word. God granted... Uh, uh, Yes, divine vision to reveal his purpose for individual, community, and nation, right? Now, uh, because look at this. Let me back it up with the word of God, right? It, it says here, this is the jailer. They met the jailer there too. Uh, when Paul was Silas was in the prison, this is the word of jailer. He brought them out and said, because the angel came and kicked the prison door open, they were loose from the chain, the jailer thought he's going to die there because he has to guard him with their life. So when he was about to kill himself, he said, no, wait, you know. And he said, they say, sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your, and your household. And he was saved and he was baptized. Did you hear that? How did that happen? Because of the hospitality of Lydia. Paul and Silas would never have met this jailer guy or go to the prison if it was not for Lydia and preach the gospel to the household. You see this connection, right? This is not just a bedtime story, okay? It's a good bedtime story, but this is eternal truth and how the Lord have used. And let's go back, not just this one. Remember, in 1 Kings chapter 16, and then you read on 17. Uh, it's the encounter between Elijah and the widow at Zarephath. See, it's a single woman. She's a widow. What did she do? She showed hospitality to Elijah and said, come and eat. We were just going to eat this food and die, me and my son. Again, Elijah is obeying God and going to Zarephath and met a widow who has hospitality. So you take the obedience of Elijah, you take the hospitality of the widow, 
and the vision that God gives to go to, and you unite that, and what happens? When it, when it happened? It happened. Life happened there. They did not run out of the oil and the flour. In fact, her son died. And Elijah had to go in, embrace, lie down with the young boy, and he came alive. What's the combination? Hospitality, obedience. And it birthed life. Life for the family and the relatives to eat during the famine and for the son to be raised from the dead. Powerful, powerful combination. Are we hearing this on the Clara First Baptist Church? Are we hearing this? Yes. Your goal may be to become a Peter or a Paul. It's a great goal, right? But don't forget Lydia. Don't forget Lydia. Hospitality creates the right spiritual condition. Creates the right spiritual condition. So when hospitality and obedience unite, they create the right spiritual condition to receive the gospel. Next. So the Lord opened her heart to heed the things by Paul. And when she and household were baptized... And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and immediately he and all his family were baptized. So the hospitality is also transferred on not only to Lydia, now to this jailer guy. What did this jailer guy do that was going to harm uh, Paul and Silas? Well, he took them home and he washed their stripes. He's washing their stripes now. This is hospitality. And he washed their stripes, and her, his heart is so soft and melted that when Paul spoke, he received the word. See? Hospitality disarms our guardedness, our repulsive attitudes towards the gospel. Hospitality disarms all these things. The Lord opened her heart. How did she open her heart? She is going to use her house and her gift to support Paul and the team for the ministry. Right? Because she was the seller of purple. Let's look at seller of purple, right? So we have looked at this single woman, uh, a widow or divorce, we don't know, but she's also a businesswoman. Now, if you, if you are a businesswoman this morning, this is for you. She's not only a, not only a businesswoman, she is a business owner. She owns the Purple Dye Company, right? And purple were worn by wealthy people at that time. She has connection with wealth. And probably she is a woman of wealth because of her business. So she's using this business now for the glory of the kingdom of God. Not only has she opened her house, but she has also used her wealth. I remember my mother-in-law who passed away, who is with the Lord now. But my mother-in-law married a Hindu guy and she was kind of disowned by her family and also disowned by her husband's family because she was a Christian. So she had hard time from both the families because her father was a pastor. And the husband listened to their family, the mother, and he divorced her. 
when Margaret was about three months old, and Margaret has never met her father. Divorce is a stigma. Marrying outside the faith is a stigma. And she lived with that stigma for many years, including my wife, who was like the only divorced kid in the school all these years. But she did not let the circumstances press her down. She rose, she rose above that. They own a home in the city. In fact, me and my mother, when I was in school, had gone and lived in their house. In my mother's in-law's house, there are people all the time, people all the time, coming down from the hills to come and shop in the city. When I say people, you're looking at like 10 plus people, boarding, sleeping, any open place. Right? She used her place to serve that. And then she supported a lot of kids for education because my mother-in-law was a woman of wealth. And people don't know that she's supporting these orphans and sending them to school. She also became the president of the largest church there as a chairman and served the Lord. Respected, reputable Christian woman. But she was a single woman, a divorced woman discarded by her family in the beginning and disowned by her husband's family who did not disown God. And did, that, did she let that press her down? No. She rose above it. She also became a Lydia. And if you feel like you are a divorced mother sitting here, single mother, kind of disowned by people and you feel like you're alone, I want to tell you, you are not alone. You are not alone. God is with you. And Santa Clara First Baptist Church is with you, including your pastor. Including your pastor. We value you. We know your gifts and your talents. And we pray and hope that you will serve here. That's the second course. Now, are you feeling a little full now, right? I know God's going to feed you. Ah, I'm so excited. Let's have a cup of water or something so you can have the next course. Right there, yes, yes. I saw the cup right there. Amen, hallelujah. Oh, all right. So now, uh, generosity can be an instrument for salvation. See? Hospitality creates the right soil. Now, generosity allows Paul and Silas and Timothy and including Luke to go out and share the gospel and people are saved. You putting your offering and your tithes is not valueless. It's not without meaning. It has great impact in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God. And I can tell you that our church is very faithful in using every dime and dollar that you give to God. It's an open book. You can come to the church and to the pastor anytime and ask for how you have used the money. I want to see an account, an income of what you can come anytime and ask that. And we will open the book and freely give it to you. Okay? Just to let you know if you doubt, if you wonder where does this money go, you know? Uh, <clears throat> Uh, my pockets have holes, so I don't have anything to contain in my pocket. I just want to assure you that. 
So when generosity and vision comes together, the mission can explode. Generosity boosts the vision. It gives fuel to the mission. Third, so they went out to the prison and entered the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they encouraged them and departed. She is also a homeowner. She owns a home. Now in Santa Clara or Sunnyvale or San Jose, the area that you're here, is because God has given you ability to either own a home or to have a space and to rent a home. So you have a space to live here. That is a great gift. That is a great gift. And this is the reason why we say at this church that if it is possible, use your home space as a life group space. Right? And I do not want you to worry about like the, gl- the clutter or, oh, my house has to be like speak and span or whatever. Uh, it has to be clean for people to come in. That is so tiring, isn't it? Right? Just let them go over your clothes <laughs> and your books and so just find any space to sit, right? The goal is to get to know each other. Open your home for the gospel to be preached. That's what she did. When I grew up, my mother is a single mother. What? Yes, she is a single mother. My father died when he was 41 years old. And my mother was about the same age. Uh, my father died of cancer. And uh, he was a pastor. And we didn't have insurance. Many pastors don't have insurance in that part of the world anyway. And there is no retirement from the church. Right? So we treated the cancer out of pocket. And whatever my mom and dad had earned... Uh, that money was used. We sold our farmlands, the rice field lands. We sold those are precious there, and we sold other properties. And every earning and saving we went and used for his cancer treating. And when he died, uh, my mother had nothing. My mother was educated, so she was offered a job by the government, and she said, "No, I'm not going to take the job. I'm just going to serve with my husband." And uh, 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 I don't need that job. Well, when my father died, she was left with four kids. I was just 11 years old. And I saw my mother. The first thing we talked, I was 11 years we talked about what are we going to do from here. And she had, my father left a gun, a shotgun, right? She sold that gun, and that was the capital. It was less than $100 at that time. That's all we had. You know, but one thing that my mother had, she had education. She was educated and she had education and she used her education. And so she became a school teacher at the church school. She was a Sunday school teacher. She became the women leader in the church. She was already serving in the region for our denomination before they became a pastor. And she used that education. So every day in our house, as far as I can remember until I leave for college, there were like, I'm not exaggerating, conservatively, 25 to 30 kids in my house, morning to evening. Morning, evening. The only time they're not there is during the school time. About 5.30, 6 a.m., they're already there waiting for us to wake up. Okay? And I'm complaining to my mom, Mom, why are these kids here all the time? Let them not come, you know? But she'll say, you don't understand. They... They are there to be tutored by my mom. And she tutored every subject, including math, science, English, 
And she tutored all these kids all these years. Many of them call them with fondly madam. She is known as madam because of her teaching. And many of the college kids that I know that are working in different parts of the world and in India has been touched by my mother one way or the other. At least 50% from that area. I don't even remember a time where we don't have people living in my house. All her nephews, they stayed in our house. She educated them. From different villages, they came and stayed there. She, she didn't have wealth. She didn't have much. But one thing that she had was she had education. And she used it for the glory of God. Right? And you can be a Lydia like that. Because what happens is... Because she was a homeowner, she opened her house. When Paul and Silas came out of prison, where did they go again? They went to Lydia's house and met the people. By this time, her family is baptized, and a lot of people had come. And he, Paul taught them, and this became the first church in Philippi. See that? This was the first church in Philippi, a house church in Lydia's house. She was a single woman, a businesswoman, a homeowner, and she used her space, her profession, and her life for this exponential growth of the church at that time. Because it was the vision that God had provided to Paul, and he went on a mission, and he met a hospitable lady. And that exploded to the spread of the church there. Somebody? Yes? Yes. Amen. So, let's look at the impact. This is the impact. Uh, one, God looks at the inside. The character of a person has always been the factor for God uh, to use someone. What is the impact? Lydia and her household were baptized. The slave girl was delivered from the evil spirit because she met a slave girl who was possessed by the spirit and having this divination and she was being used by the master for fortune telling and earning wealth. So, in between this story, there is a Lydia, a businesswoman, who used her status, her position, her wealth for the glory of God and we met a man who was exploiting a girl, Right? Who was using a girl and using that wealth for himself, not for the kingdom of God. And the other impact was the jailer and his household were baptized. Because of the hospitality and generosity of Lydia and the church was founded in Philippi. This is the impact of generosity and hospitality. Oh yes, Santa Clara First Baptist Church. This is the reason why we're doing Hope. Hope Silicon Valley free health fair. Health screening, vision screening, blood pressure screening, breast cancer screening. You name it. And then free backpacks for the kids. Free food, free haircuts. Why are we doing this? Because this is the vision that God has given to me and my wife and the church in Matthew 25. Whatever you do, do the least you do it to me. If we 
take this vision and the mission from Matthew 25 and combine it with our hope, which is hospitality and generosity, and the church to it, which is obedience. We believe that there can be a gospel explosion here in this city. So use your life, your profession, and home as instrument to help people find purpose and meaning in their lives. That's the application. Can we do that? Three course meals done. I fed you spiritually. We have the grill waiting for you to feed you physically so you can walk and move around, drink lots of water, don't get dehydrated, right? And let us be fed physically and spiritually so we can be an instrument for the glory and the kingdom of God. The worship team will come into a great time of worship. As we worship, if you want to rededicate your life, maybe you've been feeling uh, the rut and you feel like it's, it's rotting and you want a cleansing power of the Holy Spirit through the blood of Jesus Christ you want to be prayed for please come here or go to the visiting center there will be uh, Karen and Gary waiting there to pray with you or you come here and I'll pray with you and Pastor Jonathan, Pastor Dan we will be here if you want to give your life to Christ for the first time and be baptized I am willing and I'm ready. The church is ready. Please come forward to say, I'm willing to get baptized. I want the Spirit of God to do a new thing in my life. You just come and tell me and say, I'm willing to get baptized. I'll baptize you. If you have been looking for a church, finding meaning and purpose in your life, you are not here by accident. Let me, let me tell you that. People who visited for the first time here and looking for a church, I don't want to use the word shopping, I guess. Looking for a church and searching for a church. God brought you here so you can be the Lydia in this community. Just come forward and say, I want to be a part of this church. I will pray with you. Right? Can we do that? So either here or there. Pastor Jonathan, Pastor Dan will be here. Karen, Gary, or I will be at the back and pray with you. Now, whatever you have heard today, let it be properly packaged and be watered by the Holy Spirit so it will grow. So can we stand and worship the Lord God Almighty?